Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of OneClick Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Joining me here on the show, I have Isabel Papulias. I think I I got that out correctly. Sometimes I I struggle with the names, but welcome here. She is the former CMO of Mediafly. Um, Isabel, welcome to the show. Uh, Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. Yes. uh, You know, very excited to have you here. It's been in the works for a little while. And uh, here we are getting the opportunity to record, which is very fun. And for those who have listened to the show, um, you know, they probably are familiar with Johan, who is your, you know, the VP of marketing at Mediafly. So they might be pretty um, familiar with your company at this point. Uh, That would be wonderful. Yes. Johan is in charge of demand gen on the marketing team as VP marketing. Yeah. Johan, yeah, Johan's an amazing guy. He's been on the show a couple of times, and now it's it's your turn to be here. Um, and some might be saying, "Well, what do you mean by former CMO?" So why don't you spend like, you know, a couple minutes? Like, what what happened there? Uh, where where yeah. are your sites so, taking you now? Sure, it's a great things are happening. I've been on MediaFly for over five years. I started in sales there, um, and the majority of the years I was leading the marketing team. I built the marketing team uh, from the from from the ground up. Uh, and uh, became CMO. Um, and as of uh, six weeks ago, I uh, stepped away from marketing after several years uh, to take on a new role uh, as EVP of global expansion. So I'm in charge of uh, building the resources and the infrastructure and the operations to um, help the company grow um, as fast as we wanted to grow um, outside of the US. And, uh, you know, I was passionate about moving away from marketing eventually and expanding my, my role into more management operations, mm-hmm. kind of moving in that, uh, in that direction rather than staying in the specialist area of marketing. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, Mediafly is the, I call it the, the career gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> you know, it's like third, third gig in um, the same company and it's... Yeah. Uh, pretty special because you know we're not that big i mean we're about what 230 people and we were about 40 when i started you know i think when you work for a very large corporation uh with many different departments and functions and layers and hierarchy it's easier to to kind of always find your next dream job but when it's a smaller company it's hard to do and i mean fly is very very good at doing that so Mm -hmm. i'm uh shout out to our carson conan and our fearless uh ceo and um he feels very passionate about creating the dream job for everyone as much as he can. And so I'm excited to take on this new challenge, but I'm also very proud of everything um, I built with the team uh, on the marketing side. You know, we were four when we started, we were 30 when I left a few wow. weeks ago. Wow. Wow. Uh, we've done some great things. I've learned a ton uh, from my peeps, you know, uh, they've taught me a lot. I hope they've picked up a few things from me too. So uh, very proud of everything that team has done and, um, and, and seeing everything they're going to, continue to do. And uh, at the same time, excited for my new, my new adventure. Yeah. And, you know, I felt it was important to bring that up because people might be listening to this and let's say I introduced you in your new role as this EVP of global expansion. And everyone's like, why this is a marketing podcast. What's going on here? And I want them to know that you're deeply rooted in marketing. I mean, former CMO, you have a lot of experience here. You built that team from four to 30 plus people, uh, which is very impressive. 
And, you know, that's what I'm excited to talk to you about today is just picking your marketing brain. Now, before we do that, I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to kick things off for fun here, if you had to choose between Apple and Samsung or Android, what would you choose? (laughs) Oh, wow. Is this a trick question? (laughs) No, I I ask this question a lot. I'm always curious. I'm I'm, I'm going to say Apple simply because that's what I have. I'm not sure if that's the right answer. Hey, there is no right answer, but <laughs> Apple is the correct answer. So good job uh, with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, you know, I've been meaning to ask people like, um, you know, would you choose Apple or Android? And why, mm-hmm. why did you choose Apple? <laughs> mm-hmm. That should be the question. <laughs> but now that we have that out of the way, uh, let's, let's talk some marketing here kind of like bringing up your past at this point, even though it was six weeks ago. um, I'm pretty excited about this conversation, which is brand versus demand and really unpacking that. Um, So my my first question for you is, why do you believe that today's brand is tomorrow's demand? Can you unpack what you mean by that? Yes. And by the way, I want to give credit where credit's due. I didn't come up with that sentence. Um, You know, an acquaintance of mine, who is a phenomenal CEO actually kind of phrased it this way um, one day when we were having this conversation about brand and that really resonated because, and the reason why it resonated is because I feel like we, we put all our eggs or we tend to put a lot, most of our eggs on the demand baskets when we're on marketing teams, just because usually the pressure of, build the pipeline, right? Show me the leads that I can send over to the sales team. Um, And so a lot of that is digital marketing. Um, And we do that also because it's measurable in a way that brand efforts aren't necessarily. And so when you have to go to the board, it's easier to to make the case and say, I invested this much in digital marketing, I got this much, right? Mm -hmm. It's a more, it's a linear relationship. Uh, if you see I invested this much in awareness or, or uh, an event experience or swag, it's harder to say. And as a result, I got X amount of pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, so the reason behind the statement of today, today's brand is tomorrow's demand is I do believe, though, that if you don't build strong awareness and if you don't and more importantly, a strong Um, what I call positive predisposition. So perception, positive perception of your brand. And you, people don't think of you as something special in whatever, however they define special. Um, It's going to hurt your ability to generate the pipeline eventually. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's only so, so much, so many ads you can do and so many uh, demand gen tactics you can roll out out there. And there's only so much budget you're going to get. You run out of uh, runway is what you're saying. You run out of runway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And of course, uh, I don't have any scientific proof for this, but I, I feel like it makes reasonable sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so you believe then that both need focus, the brand and the demand side. Yes. At the, at the same time. At, at the, the same, same time. time. And if I were to do it again, um, I would absolutely do it at the same time. I feel like, again, it's pressures and it's limitations of budgets. If you only have, you know, what you have, where are you going to put, put it first? Um, I think I would negotiate differently yeah. <laughs> you know, with my CEO. If you go back three years, you know, when I, when I, when I took this gig, I might have, been ha- I might have had a slightly different conversation with Carson on, 
on prioritization and then, and I would have wanted a commitment uh, for funding to help me do both at the same time. Yeah. Um, so obviously you started with a team of four people. Would, would your mindset with four people be the same as 30 plus people now where you split maybe 50-50 brand and demand with your team of four and then 50-50 with your team of 30? Or is it like a different fraction and ratio there for both sides of the spectrum? Yeah, I'm not sure that it's so um, mathematical in terms of the proportion. Yeah. All I'm, but I, all I'm saying is there needs to be, attention needs to be paid to both. It can't be all one and none of the other. Whether you have right? a team of so four or a team of 30. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying 50-50 necessarily, yeah. but it can be, uh, you know, zero, 100. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And your mindset, like you said, would stay the same for that team of four as it would for that team of 30 as you as you built your marketing org, right? I mean, I've seen brands very successfully come right off the gates, um, you know, with um, just investing a lot behind brand and the brand experience and uh, field marketing, which I know field marketing, I mean, events, I get it, you know, you, you sponsor events and you put them together and you get, you also, you get pipeline as well. Mm -hmm. You get new leads and that's, you know, you can argue that's pure demand gen, but um, events are also a huge opportunity to create a very special experience for your customers who are there, your prospects, active prospects, you're there for your own employees. Mm -hmm. um, I look at success at one of those brands, you know, shout out to Ladney Coleman, their CMO. She's been there for uh, several years now. Um, I mean, I remember just from the day she started, I started to see Sixth Sense everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, every single event. And they always had these very like, you know, high-end um, experiences there. And that stood out to me. And it started to, Sixth Sense started to mean something. Mm -hmm. And so again, how do you decouple that? Like where does brand end and pure dimension begin? They've taken it, it truly like take an event as, a, as an example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much of that is brand? How much of it is demand? Yeah, it, so that's it's, why you can, it's tough to put a numerical yeah. value to is what you're saying. So you've also seen then, it sounds like companies lean 100% in the brand direction, which is just as big of a mistake as leaning 100% into straight demand, right? So I don't, I can't say that I've seen that if we're talking within our own universe of, uh, well, in my own universe, I suppose, of, you know, uh, SaaS, you know, mm -hmm. CMOs and SaaS companies made size. I don't know that I know anyone who's not putting the majority of their effort yeah. on demand and okay. and then doing the reverse, right? And it's like so, so dedicated to brand that they're ignoring them. I doubt that very much simply because. But if they were, the that would be a and, mistake, is what you're saying. I don't see how you. Yes, it feels that way. I don't, I don't see how you only do that. Okay. So the board, and if anything, yeah. like the, the board is still going to want, I mean, sales is still going to want to see pipeline. The board is going to want to see KPIs and they're going to want to see these things quickly. I think the challenge with brand is there's a, there's a, de there's a delayed effect. Mm -hmm. Like over time, you should see things like the, you should see um, uh, faster deal velocity. You should see, um, um, bigger deal sizes and so on, probably uh, higher retention. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you're gonna see it as quickly with, with brand 
initiatives versus let's say you know pure demand gen initiatives like the demand gen initiative is going to have a much quicker reaction time brand is in my mind is the longer is a longer play and i think that's what that's where the challenge is too is as cmos we have to show results and we have to show them quickly mm -hmm. so in your words what impact do you believe brand eventually has on demand how would you define that well i think uh, some of the kpis i just mentioned across the board right i mean obviously more awareness should get you more leads um it should get you into bigger opportunities earlier on in the buying cycle because of more awareness people know of you so they're more likely to ask you to be a part of a review mm -hmm. um i suspect it will help you again shrink the the deal cycles so uh, speed up velocity of the deal better quality deals so higher size deal sizes um improve retention rates and also expansion among your customer base. Mm -hmm. So really when you think about it, it's the same, it's the same KPIs as demand. I think it just helps to brand, a strong brand helps to lift demand to new levels. Yeah. The challenge is how do you prove that? And honestly, I don't have the perfect answer. I, I wish I did, I wish someone did. I don't know that anyone really has yeah that's something that we as cmos talk a lot about um and you know there's things you can do like brand tractors if you if you have a you're lucky to work for a larger company and you have a larger budget you can do a formal brand tracker and brand perception tracker you know every month and so on you can do a suppose a poor man's mm -hmm. version and do your own survey and put it out there we also use um you know at mediafly we use uh, pr awareness as a proxy for brand awareness so there's there's ways around it but it's still feels like it's harder to measure yeah yeah and because it's harder to measure it's harder to bring into the boardroom mm -hmm, of course and that's how it is with you know exactly what you're talking about um so a hire that you wish you made three months earlier was someone dedicated to brand experience why is that so that was a hire I wanted to make for a long time, but the actual person that filled the role was opportunistic. It came to us for an acquisition. Uh, they came to us for an acquisition and shout out to Lindsay Tishkart here, SVP Brand Experience. Uh, she's a former CMO of uh, Inside Squared, which is a company we acquired back in January. Um, she's extremely passionate about brand and that's something she wanted to focus on and that's something that we needed. And so she... Um, She's now able to, you know, in that role, really um, integrate all the elements of the brand and take it to, to the next level and really dedicate her attention to it in, in a way that I think you can't really do that if you don't have that full-time role. Mm -hmm. uh, so customer marketing, events, uh, brand positioning and messaging, um, and um, content marketing, um, I think I'm forgetting something. All those those functions report to her, and it's been, it's interesting to to see from a just from a messaging alone, you know, from a messaging standpoint, the progress we've made um, in elevating both the message but also the look and feel of the brand mm -hmm. uh, in the in the last few months uh, by having really dedicated resources. Yeah. So you obviously have, uh, you know formerly had a pretty big team when it came to marketing. Um, 
do you, let's say that someone has a smaller team, there's a plethora of marketers that listen to the show. So it's a very large range of, Hey, we're a team of one or two to a team of, Hey, I have 50 marketers. Right. Um, so when it comes to that, when do you think, and obviously there's so many nuances, do you have like a good range of when you should hire that brand experience or someone that's dedicated to brand experience? Like, Hey, you know what? Obviously you need to focus early on, um, without one of them with a team of five, but maybe once you have 10 or 15 marketers, this is something to look at. When do you think that threshold should be? I don't know that it's so much about the, when you have 10 or 15 marketers as much as it is about the, the size of the organization, like the, the mm. enterprise and the goals of the enterprise. And also what are you trying to do? Are you focusing more on that new logos? Are you focusing more, more on, uh, your customer base and um, you know ex expansion and retention and so on. Um, oh, community. Sorry, community marketing was another um, thing I wanted to mention as part of brand uh, okay. as well, uh, which you know we um, which uh, we're focused on now too. So I don't know that it's about the size of the team as much as it is about the the, the needs of the enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, and. And, and also, you know, are you taking that in-house? Do you have an agency that's going to do it? I mean, so, because you're asking about yeah. marketing teams of different sizes, the reality is we don't work with a lot of agencies that many apply and that's, that's a deliberate uh, choice. Um, we, you know, we did have a marketing agency when I first started, um, we made a decision to walk away from that relationship. Uh, and, you know, so we have more of an in-house model I've seen, you know, at least the, the let's call it the, the much smaller marketing teams that I know tend to, they still have those capabilities, just that they outsource them. Yeah. They'll have an agency do all the digital marketing, that makes right, sense. for example. Mm -hmm. We took all of that in-house because we feel we, we needed to be, not because our agencies were, didn't know what they were doing, but we were moving so fast. Also, we were having so many acquisitions. We needed to be very, very nimble in a way that frankly you can't ask an agency to move this fast and you can't mm -hmm. ask an agency to know your business this well to be able to be effective when your business is changing so fast all the time yeah um so i think that's another consideration i don't know if that answers your question is it's not just when do you start to think about brand you know what are the needs of the enterprise how big is your team but it's also like is that you know do you is that something you want to do in the house or is that something you, you feel like you need to outsource because you can do both you just have mm -hmm. to make sure that's the right relationship if it is outsourced right yeah yeah that makes total sense um you know if we don't invest in invest if we don't invest in brand um do you think this limits the ceiling of our demand? I think you had mentioned this in the I beginning. I think so. I think so. And, you know, I don't have any real proof for that, again, to be honest, but yeah. intuitively it makes sense to me. I mean, if you don't, you need to spread the word. You need to spread the word and you need to differentiate at, a, at an emotional level, right? If you want to think in pure CPG terms, like, you know, because I come from, you know, from that world uh, way back when in my advertising and uh, back in my advertising days, but it's, it's, the, the functional benefit and the emotional benefit, you mm -hmm. know, find the functional benefit. I get it. It's what your product does, but how do you, what's the takeaway? How do you, what do you, how, what do you want people to feel about Mediafly or your yeah. company? Mm -hmm. right? and, and that's, that's the role of the brand through experiences and, and every touch point. Right. So how do you, um, 
So I don't, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it does. The thing, the thing that I like to ask on this show and I've, because we talk about brand a lot, right? We bring it up. Um, I think it's really important and everyone has a different answer to this question is when it comes to measuring the impact of brand and articulating that to the board, how do you go about that? Because there's many different ways and hopefully this will give someone a takeaway like, oh, I hadn't thought about it this way. Um, you have said it's not the easiest thing to present to the C-suite. Um, how do you go about that? I, I mean, again, I would, I don't have a perfect answer. I haven't done that yeah. well, I will say. Not because I've done it wrong, just I haven't had the opportunity to do mm -hmm. it because a lot, so much of what we do has been focused on demand. And frankly, yeah. what our board cares about is demand. Mm -hmm. um, interestingly, we started to talk about brand a lot more in the last year, um, not with hard numbers, but in the context of exactly, you know, what you and I are talking about is at some point, if we don't invest deliberately behind uh, spreading the word, generating awareness of Mediafly and, um, making people feel special, you know, about Mediafly, it will hurt our ability to continue to drive pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, and then lo and behold, you know, this brand experience role was created. It was serendipity. We made that acquisition and most of our acquisitions are aqua hires. We really yeah. get inc incredible talent through those acquisitions. And so we created this brand experience role. And I think now generally, Generally, there's a, I would say, more focus on the brand, a more um, greater consensus that, yes, that, that, that needs to be a focus, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that we need to elevate the experiences that we create for our customers and our prospects, that we want to rethink the look and feel of the brand and that it takes resources and time, uh, as well as, as, you know, crystallize the message and stick to a message, like, you know, consistently, because consistency matters in terms of brand building. And I think that's, a mistake that we often make too is just we reinvent we as, as marketers and as companies in general we you know we we like to reinvent ourselves a lot too often <laughs> um and so we don't we don't stay on one thing long enough for it to really you see um, that a lot yes yeah stick <laughs> with our audience um so we haven't gone to the point yet i don't think in discussions with the board where it's okay show me Fine, we, I, I, we, we're investing in the brand. Show me the, show me the money, right? Mm -hmm. So and, uh, um, so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly. Again, I don't have the answer for that. No, that's I, okay. Most yeah. CMOs struggle with that, but yep. you know, ideally, it's a relationship between. Ultimately, I mean, this is this is really the answer. The answer is there's a pipeline. There's demand increase over time, mm -hmm. above and beyond what we're already doing. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the answer. And, and there's stickiness in the customer relationships yeah. and they're greater. There's more, there's more revenue coming out of our own customers, more cross sell, upsell opportunities, expansion and greater retention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's mean, the same KPIs, it's the same KPIs. You just need to see a lift over time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so when it comes to brand and the KPIs that impact brand, um, you think there are some out there that you can measure or is it like, you know what, better stay away from trying to measure it and just know that it will lift the KPIs of demand down the road. I mean, I think, you know, it's the, my preferred answer is the, uh, the latter. 
because I don't know how you do it with a format. I don't know how you can show a linear relationship. Yeah. You can show sense. a linear relationship with digital media and say, you know, I released this ad into the world and this many people clicked on it and they went to the website and this many converted. Like that's very linear. But I'm not sure how you can say, um, you know, I build a community of CMOs and that, you know, uh, that meet every month and share, you know, our thought leadership content and come to our physical events and eventually buy from us. I mean, I don't, I don't, because there's so many other factors that yeah. go into it. Like, and that's all right. It? Yeah. You know, it's super interesting just to and hear. And then it gets into like, again, is it first touch attribution, last touch attribution? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, and even, and then it gets to, not to open a kind of worms here, but even if you want to talk about attribution across the board, including digital marketing, it's like, what's, I mean, equal attribution is what we look at today because there's no, every touch point has an impact ultimately on what happens in, in the in the sales cycle what's the single driver the lines are really tough to say hard. yeah to say. and it's okay just people need to realize that and say you know what you don't have to measure this you know with your eyes dotted and your t's crossed sometimes it's okay to put some dollars in this direction and know that hopefully once you invest in brand experience down the road you're going to see that demand increase and i mean the more that people understand this, it's it's going to become more of like a common sense, like, yeah, of course. And it'll take some time, I'm sure, to help kind of guide the C-suites along in that direction, but it'll happen for sure. So I mean, definitely uh, our model our, and our attribution model is far from perfect, but, you know, multi-touch attribution is where we landed. You guys have uh, a very you know, cool... This, this, this year, because, you know, we tried first touch, we tried... Last touch, there's always debates and friction <laughs> about what actually works. So multi-touch is where, where, we've, where we've been working with. Yeah. Um, so Isabel, at this point in the interview, I like to throw a question out there just to kind of see what you're working on. So this is our passion is obviously uh, building websites for B2B SaaS companies, making sure that they have a, a website that gets their buyer from A to B. Um, or point A to point B as quickly as possible. So for you guys, and I know that you're kind of detached from the marketing team right now, but let's just say, you know, a few months ago, in regards to website strategy, what was something you and your team recently tried and did it work or did it not work? Yeah, so I know that uh, one of the things that, more recent things that has worked really well for us is we reinstated a chatbot on the website mm -hmm. and we use Qualified. So, you know, shout out to Qualified. We uh, tried a couple of other companies prior to that, uh, didn't work out for us quite as well. And we've had a lot of success with Qualified just because mm -hmm. of the level of customization it gives us. And also probably because we, I mean, technology is only as good as the people that, who use it. So mm -hmm. we, we uh, have beefed up our marketing team. We have more digital experts and we've gotten better at, at, at using this type of uh, software as well. So we've, um, we've seen a lot of success with that. And, I know there's even more to come. Yeah. Um, so the team is uh, is very very excited about that. So is that chatbot um, used as like a knowledge base? Is it used to book demos? What is that? What is that used for on, on your um, site? All of, all of the above. I mm -hmm. mean, it's uh, sometimes it's just nurture. 
Yeah. Right? People are asking for information and you're just warming them up. They're not ready for a demo and eventually they come back to you. Uh, sometimes it's demo requests mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes it's outbound. You know, we can, we can see when um, our hot prospects, you know, just top tier accounts that we want to talk to are on the website and we, mm -hmm. you know, we intercept them that way. So that's smart. Yeah. I like yeah, that a lot. That has worked very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just continually building that relationship, hopefully giving them the things that they need in the moment. And uh, I think that goes along with brand. I, I guess that really ties back into what we were talking about because that's, that's an experience. Um, educating your buyer along the way. I mean, where else would they be getting that information? A lot of times they're not going to, they might go look for it deeper in a website, but if you can pull that to the forefront so they don't have to go digging through a knowledge base, they can have the questions answered that they need or that you guys hear on sales calls, you can answer them right there with the chat. But I like that strategy a lot. Yeah. And you know, I love that you said that, you know, you said that brand, because the one thing I, I, I wanted to mention is as I'm thinking through all of this, as we talk is like, I mean, everything, you can make the argument that everything is brand, right? Every yeah. <laughs> single touch point yeah. is an experience um, across the buying cycle, right? Whether it's an ad they see online, when it's your website, whether it's they're talking it's to a, a, a customer success manager, that's a brand experience. You're creating an experience every single time, um, which again then goes back to what's brand, what's demand, you should be doing both. They're one and the same anyway. Mm -hmm. Why are we even talking about them separately? You can make that argument, right? But at the same time, when I talk about, and I know initially when you and I discussed this kind of before the podcast, mm -hmm. when I think about brand versus demand in terms of investment, the reason why I think about them as separate is because investment is different as in, I know I have found myself wanting to have, you know, more investment for, field marketing, more, more investment for community efforts and, and such, more investment for like more premium swag, right? As opposed to, um, you know, LinkedIn ads and Google ads. And those. so that's sort of, that's how I separate in my head um, and not sacrificing one for the other. Yeah. But if you take several steps higher up and look at it like philosophically it's the same damn thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah at the end of the day it really like, is i mean it's, it, we play we play so many games in marketing trying to put a name on everything and, and trying to come up with the newest um phrase or or tactic and at the end of the day i think marketers just tend to overthink things yeah um yeah, we do we're textbook overthinkers yes but I would we need to get that. better at that <laughs> yeah well, I Isabel, mean, every, every single touch point is an opportunity to, you know, leave a, a lasting feeling. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. And you never know what that that touch point will do down the road when it comes to a buyer. You're absolutely right. But, you know, um, good luck. Good luck measuring that. Yeah, exactly. Good luck trying <laughs> someone else. Someone else go ahead and do that for us. And that's uh, going to be for your next uh, your next uh, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <With Sam>. yeah. <laughs> well, well, Isabel, thank you so much. This has been a blast doing this. Um, you know, this has been a long time coming and I'm very excited that you were able to uh, put us on your schedule to get get here on the show. This was this was a lot of fun. So thank you so much. Uh, likewise, thank you very much. I'm glad uh, that we finally made it happen for my yeah. for my CMO days. If you back. <laughs> We've been trying to schedule this for three months, uh, folks. You don't know this, but here we are finally. Yes. Well, congratulations on your new role. I know you're going to absolutely kill it. And thank, uh, you. thank you for revisiting some of your past 
uh, in the marketing world. I think people are going to get a lot of value from this. I loved it. Thanks for the opportunity.